Hello and welcome to episode five of The Sales Union. We're delighted today to be joined by Victoria Brown from HPC. Victoria was a speaker at our first sales union event. Uh, Victoria, would you like to say hello? Hi. Did you enjoy your, uh, was it your first, was that your first sort of speaking event online on Zoom that you've done about your business? No, it wasn't my first, but um, it was obviously my best. I really enjoyed it. It was great. Really good. Brilliant. We've had some great feedback from it. And I know you've had a, you've got a couple of things that you, people are following up with you on, which is amazing. Those of you that listen to this, you might not have heard Victoria's, um, her talk. So Vic, <laughs> you, started, you started the business 13 years ago. Was that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 2007 now. Yeah. Okay. When you were what, 13, 14? Yeah, I was only very young. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've taken your joke from you right there, haven't I? Uh, so, uh, the idea of today is just to have a bit of a, a mop-up of the session that Victoria did. Um, there's a couple of things that people asked at the time, and I think it's important that we, we ask Victoria those questions so she can go into a little bit more depth um, about those. Um, just briefly, for those that don't really know Victoria, do you want to just give a, a brief introduction to, to yourself and, uh, and what you do in business? Yeah, of course, Dave. So um, I'm the managing director of a company called HPC. We are an outsourced HR provider. So as mentioned before, set up in 2007. Uh, I, I was originally um, a business psychologist. So I had an interest in sort of how, how to make uh, a company better and how to work with the people. Uh, that sort of fell into HR. So I did work in some large sort of internal HR companies. And then just decided one day to be brave, you know, hand on my notice in and set up uh, HPC. The idea being that our uh, USP is that we're very personable in approach. Uh, so we are like a boutique HR provider. And then five years ago, I um, created One HR. I didn't build it myself. I had obviously uh, tech guys, developers to do this, but we created an online um, piece of software. And the idea with that was that obviously it's maybe a bit more scalable than, than HPC is. So really exciting journey that I'm on now as well with, with sort of HPC across the UK. And then the idea with um, 1HR is to get that sort of to, to a global um, offering in the next couple of years. Very good. And it's, I bet those years have gone very fast, haven't they? Oh, Dave, I just can't believe it. It's like even when you and I said, you know, we've sort of known each other for five years and I just don't know where that time has gone. It's unreal. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, you know, a lot of salespeople, it's always seems like it's the end of the month, doesn't it? And it suddenly you're like, oh, I can't believe it's June already. And then, wow, I can't believe summer's gone. And then, you oh, I can't believe it's Christmas already. And everything just goes so fast. So fast. I mean, this year, it's been a, obviously a tough year for us all, but I just can't believe we're in sort of nearly nearly November already. Yeah. Do you still enjoy what you do? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, they say, don't they? If you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a, a day in your life. And certainly when I, from, from the first time I got to meet you, you're very passionate about HR and everything about it. And it, it, that shines through when you talk about it, which is really good. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why you've been so successful and you engage people so quickly because they understand and they feel that passion that you've got for it. And obviously that rubs off on others as well. So yeah. you're doing a, a great job on that front. And um, so during your, during your talk on the first sales union um, workshop that we did, you spoke about the, the challenges that you had. So in the early days when you, were, you set the business up and to the point where you're taking stuff on, you got to the point where you had a sales team and you knew that the, the sales team weren't necessarily going to be able to help you to achieve the goals that you had, but you, you, you saw that as your fault. 
Do you want to just expand on that a little, bit, a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head then, Dave, when you talked about, obviously, that I'm very passionate about our service. I, I really believe in, in what we sell and, um, you know, I'm really sort of, our, our values are important to me and I, I like to ensure that we live and breathe our values every day. And that wasn't something that I passed to my sales team. So I think part of the problem was that they didn't have the same passion. They didn't maybe understand the values of the business as well. And sort of, it was more around, oh, this is when we were founded. <laughs> these are our features. These are our services. And that's, you know, you've got, I've got a lot of competitors in, in this field that have all got the same similar type of, of sorts of services. So what I did was I just sort of, there's quite a couple of things. And I think when, when I did my presentation for you, I went through a couple of, of, of the sort of issues that I felt that we had at the time. Um, one of them was probably not knowing my numbers well enough. So I know if you, a, lot of, a lot of books that you'll read. I remember reading a book by Duncan Ballantyne like very early on in, in my career. And it said the importance of sort of getting your finances right at the beginning. And if I'm honest, I sort of, I felt like my finances were right. You know, I had a decent enough accountant. Um, you know, I, I felt like I had sort of a clear grasp on my numbers. But a lot of my, the information that I had was historic. So, you know, looking even at, I thought it was great because I had management accounts, but there's still, you know, a quarter behind from where you are. So I spent quite a lot of time, I'd say probably a good 18 months, getting a really good KPI dashboard together. So the dashboard tells me everything that I need to know about my business, which helped me to set clearly our objectives for the future. Uh, because I, my, one of my goals, which you know, Dave, is that I'd love to be able to be on a beach one day, hopefully not Blackpool, somewhere a bit more exotic than that, um, and, and be able to manage my, my business from there. So I'm on the way now, you know, I've got that point now where I really do feel that my dashboard tells me everything I need to know about every part of, of my business. But from a sales perspective, it's been really intuitive for me because what it's allowed me to do is understand sort of where we are now, where we need to be, and that, you know, that divide and conquer. So to be able to, to look at those targets that, that sometimes feel a little bit overbearing, don't they? You know, they're, they're massive sometimes targets that you think they're unachievable, but if you divide them between a team, then you know you will you will conquer, which which is what we've done. Very good. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about being on a beach somewhere one day and not Blackpool Beach. With the local tier three lockdown, it's probably easier than it's easier to get to an exotic beach than to Blackpool Beach at the moment, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, what I thought was really good as well on the on the the, the talk that you give, um, Jonathan Finch from Sales Geek also spoke at the same uh, the same event, and he spoke about having a big hairy audacious goal that you're working towards, but then have your bare ass minimum as well. So the things that you're working towards, just so the stepping stones to get to the big goal that you've got. And I think it's really important anybody in any role, but certainly in sales, to look at where you want to be, but then work out where are the milestones in between that you can get to to make sure that you're on the right track. Because we've all got, and I've definitely been guilty of it, you have you know, a dream of something you want to achieve, but you've got no idea how to get there. And it's, you know, it's very difficult to get anywhere without knowing how you, you're actually going to do it. So I think that's really important. Um, you also spoke about the sales process that you've set up. So mm -hmm. is it an eight-step sales process that you've got within the business now? Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so again, the other challenge, and I'm going through this, this at the moment as well, we're sort of growing our sales team. Uh, because as you can imagine, HR has been... Um, a real focal point a lot of people have needed a lot of support during sort of lockdown periods and then a lot of people because they're working from home 
are using the software more because they're sort of managing the holidays and absence that way. So we are um, we're growing the sales team. And what's great now is if you go back sort of five years ago, it wasn't, I didn't have a consistent approach. So I'd bring someone in and I'd sort of bring someone in that maybe was, you know, like an ex-competitor's BDM or somebody that sort of understood the field or, or you know, as, as we all know, when, when sort of sales guys are interviewed, they tell you about sort of the amazing commission they've had and the sort of targets that they've hit. Uh, and then I bring them in, sort of do a little bit of training, think that was great. And then give them sort of, there you go, there's your phone, there's your laptop, off you go. And it was a bit of a disaster, to be honest, Dave, because people were just doing different things. You know, some people were really good at sort of using our, um, our CRM system. Some people were really poor. Some people like paper more than they like sort of um, online. So I created an eight-step process. And, and again, a lot of this is through sort of some of the books that, that I've read. And I think the idea, if you, if you think about where you want to be, you know, and ultimately, probably a lot of us will either want to exit our business or that you want to take a step back and, and bring other people in you need to have world-class processes in place so that is what i um i think we are on that journey to achieve now so we have a very clearly defined eight-step process that we follow um and it, I, we were going through an induction yesterday with a, a new member of the sales team they're very clear they know they see the sort of process it's the same on on pipe drive which, which we use as our crm and then we have it very sort of um, defined what each process is uh, and, and sort of what tools you use at each part of the process. And it works really well. It's slick um, it's really professional. Everybody gets the same service, which I like as well. So, you know, I know that, that it's not just obviously selling anymore. So when the rest of my sales team are sort of selling, I feel confident that they're doing it exactly the way in which I would do it. Okay. Yeah, you touched on that. That was another thing I was going to raise that everything within the business you want to make sure is world class which I think is a great, um, it's, it's something fantastic to work towards. Is it, is it, is there certain things that you do in the business to try to make sure that you are going to achieve that? Is it, is there certain measurables that you've got to, where you're thinking, do you know what, that isn't up to scratch. I need to get it up to the next level. How do you, how do you analyze what it is that you're doing at the moment and how you can impact it going forward to provide a better service? Well, again, it links back to most things link back to my dashboard now. I absolutely love it. Uh, and so I'll have things on there. So for example, um, you know, I'll, I'll measure our retention for the, for the business through the dashboard. We have clearly defined lead generation strategies. And that when I look back on where we were going wrong, that was definitely something that was, wasn't working. I'd sort of do all different things. So, you know, a bit of networking, do a little bit of a campaign on LinkedIn, maybe do a pay-per-click campaign. And it was a little bit like, we'll do what we can and hopefully some of it will stick. Whereas I think now, because obviously I am building a sales team, I've got to feed that sales team and I don't want them sort of going out and hunting. I want, I want those sort of leads just naturally to, to sort of funnel back into the business. So we've got clearly defined lead generation strategies now. Um, they're tracked through obviously pipe drive, so we know what, when it comes in, we know where it's come from, and then I, I, I measure them on a on a monthly basis. And if it's not working, then we either you know we tweak or we drop it and we, we move to something else. Fantastic. So from the analysis that you've done in the past, is there anything that you've found has worked really really well that maybe you thought wouldn't work so well, or is there anything that has failed that you thought Do you know what this is nailed on, this will certainly work, and it's not worked so well. Have you had an experience of that, or is there anything you could share that? has worked really well for you in, in your sort of business? I think one of the things that 
I should have done a long time ago was something around sort of like a refer a friend scheme, you know, refer to earn or something like that. Because I've always told everyone about how we've got a really good retention rate. So, you know, we've got sort of 98% retention rate that I've, I'm, I'm really proud of. So it, it, it's only when I looked at sort of the dashboard thought, hold on a minute, I've got most of my clients sort of stay because they, they like what we do. So why aren't I sort of asking them if they've got other people? They only, they only have to sort of have one client that they refer and I've doubled my business overnight. So <laughs> I, I only sort of really got onto that about a year ago, Dave. So yeah, um, I wish I would have uh, wish I would have done that a bit earlier. So it just just something so simple as you know being a bit more um, being a bit more bold and and asking people for referrals and offering a bit of an incentive for them to do so has been fantastic for for me. Yeah. What is your, do you want to share what your referring um, uh, or your referral friend scheme is and how it works? Yeah. So for, um, for one HR referring and obviously if, if there's a business owner, then we offer them um, sort of some free time on, on the software for, it just depends on the contract that we sign up, but we'll offer them obviously a period of time free. So they get credit for the one HR. If they're not a business owner, we do offer vouchers because obviously sometimes we'll get like, um, you know, employees of a business that will recommend us and they're not really interested in getting free one HR. So we'll give them vouchers. Um, and the same on, on HPC side as well. We, um, we give vouchers and either they can have vouchers themselves or they can donate it to charity. So they just pick their charity and we donate the money. And it's from like 100 to 500 pounds. Wow, that sounds amazing. But it's, it's really interesting when you talk to anybody about referrals or if they receive referrals for their business. And any business that you talk to, or any business that I've been within, and we've looked at where businesses, where their business is coming from, business that's coming in, where's it coming from, where's the most of it coming from? Generally speaking, Chris is very big on this. Obviously, Chris isn't with us today, but Chris is very big on this that the people around you should be feeding you the most amount of business. But the people that we tend to speak to, or the businesses that we look at, the ones that aren't receiving referrals, generally, it's just because they don't ask for them. So you know, a lot of businesses wrongly, unfortunately, feel like if they provide a great service everyone that they're working with should just be going out and selling their service for them. And unfortunately the world doesn't work like that. People have got much more important things to do than just yeah. to go out and tell all the friends about an amazing service. They're actually, I think the stats show the six or seven times more likely to tell somebody about a negative experience they have rather than share positive experiences. So the fact that you do an amazing job, people expect to receive a great service and that's why your retention so high because they receive it, but they won't always necessarily think to join the dots unless somebody says to them, do you know a great HR provider because, you know, the current one we've got isn't doing a great job. That's the easy ones, but that doesn't happen very often. So I think that's it's really important. It's really yeah. interesting to share that. So anybody, first, anybody listening to this that already knows Vic and didn't know about that, you've got a referring in opportunity there. Um, but also if you are in the market, you've got staff at the moment, you've got, you might have issues or might not have issues at the moment, but you would like some HR support, please get in touch with Victoria about that. She'll certainly be able to help you. Something else you touched on there, Victoria, I think was really interesting. Um, you spoke that you used to always try to target BDMs who would come from one of your competitors. Now, when you mentioned that, that you used to, is that something that you've changed? Did you have some bad experiences of bringing those types of people in? Yeah. And it, do you know when you say you practice what you preach? I feel like I am the, the, the decorator that hasn't sort of like painted their own home in this regard. And, I'll, you know, I will share it. But I am... Um, I made I made massive mistakes when recruiting sales team are really good in terms of uh, like our consultants uh, and we follow a very clear sort of process 
because obviously that that's my background. I'm, I'm sort of a business psychologist by by trade. So what I do with sales, I think sometimes is because I was um, you always always needed the sale. I always felt like I needed the salesperson quite quite quickly, which sometimes I think can cloud your judgment, can't it, in in a process. And I would go on skill set rather than values, which I always tell people never to do. Uh, and and particularly with sales, more so than than other areas, it you can teach people. You know, if they've got the right values and they've got the right culture, sort of match to your business. And that ability, then it's it's quite easy to sort of teach them the, the skills that all you know, or particularly sort of the way in which you do things in, in your business. The challenge that I had is if I take somebody on that's you know particularly experienced or works for a competitor, they've got maybe different views of how they want to do things. And you know, I mentioned to you earlier on, our USP is about being sort of boutique, you know, not aggressive in, in our sales. So sometimes some of the, the bigger competitors, their approach is quite different to ours. And that was a bit disastrous for, for me, really. And trying sort of to, to get people that have maybe been in, in that business for 20 years and trying to get them to change their, 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 their values and their beliefs, it, it, it's very difficult to do. So, yeah, I, I ideally now probably recruits. I mean, obviously, it depends on the person and their attitude, I suppose, but I definitely I'm looking at the sort of values, the beliefs, and, and if that culture match rather than, you know, did they hit the target in their previous previous business? Yeah, I mean, you t- I think most people would say they take attitude over skill any day of the week. So you can work with someone with a good attitude, someone with a bad attitude, they could have all the skill in the world. I'd always think back, to, I follow a lot of sport, Somewhere with a really bad attitude. You'll see lots of them in football that have got a really poor attitude and they never quite fulfil their potential just because they, in their own head they can't get over that, that attitude that they've got. Whereas you see some amazing people that come from absolutely nothing but because they've got a great attitude and they, they've got a will to succeed, at some point or another you know they're going to get there because they've got the right attitude and they've got the right mindset to be able to do it. So yeah. that's really interesting. I think that will help a lot of people. There'll be Again, there'll be people listening to this that have got staff and they're having some issues at the moment which you may be able to help with. But there'll be other people that have at the start of their journey, they might still be working for somebody else, planning to scale a business. And recruitment is a whole headache that a lot of people haven't um, taken into account. Um, it was interesting you mentioned about, you mentioned a few books that you've read. Have you read the, the, the book Built to Sell? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a brilliant book that was recommended to me by, um, by somebody recently that I read. And that, that really emphasized, and that, it, that's why it hit home with me when you spoke about the sales process, wanting to exit your business at some point. If you're involved in it too much, you're never ever going to be able to sell it because if you being the center of it, uh, are so imperative to everything that goes on, nobody can buy it. It can't go anywhere. Whereas that process, you know, if you've got a world-class process, it means that even if you're not there, if you're on Formby Beach or Blackpool Beach, it means that the, uh, the business can still run successfully without you. So that's really good. Um, okay. Um, we did touch on this during the, the workshop itself, but if you could give your younger self a tip now uh, for to be successful in business, what would it be? Again, go back to finance. I know I keep sort of harping on about this. Um, and I think some people may listen and go, I don't see the connection. But for me, it's it's so important. I didn't place enough emphasis on, on finance at the beginning. And, you know, I, I, 
I've been fortunate enough that sort of I have been quite good at sales myself because I've been very passionate. So, you know, I grew organically anyway um, and I did have, you know, a relatively good grasp on numbers. But I just look back now and think, gosh, if, if I'd have sort of been closer to my numbers earlier on and understood exactly where I needed to be, I probably would have been there for sort of five years, five years before. Okay, great. Thanks, Victoria. Um, and then just to sort of plug your business a little bit, what potential problems would your prospects or businesses that you could help, what problems could they be having at the moment that you can help them to overcome? So at the moment, a lot of, a lot of people are obviously having a look at the, sort of the, the, the workforce. So they may be considering sort of redundancy or, or restructures, particularly with the furlough scheme coming to an end and the job support scheme not being the best really. Uh, so they're great clients for me. I, I'd rather, you know, they come to us, we'll give them some advice and some support rather than they, them end up sort of in an employment tribunal if they get it wrong themselves. There's a lot of people that sort of knee jerking at the moment, Dave, because obviously they're trying to survive uh, and they're panicking and they're making decisions that maybe they wouldn't normally have to make and, and they're doing things wrong. And it can be so simple, you know, just the wrong sentence in a letter, just missing out part of the process and they will end up at an employment tribunal. And so I, I am on a bit of a mission, really. Obviously, it's great, obviously, because I've built up sort of a client base. But in the same respect, I really do generally want to help other businesses uh, to survive. Okay, brilliant. And what types of businesses or types of sectors do you tend to work best with? We work with all sectors, really. Um, there's not a sector that, that we can't work with, obviously, people that have got, got employees. Uh, and then we've got sort of lots of lots of different sorts of industry sectors uh tends to be i suppose clients you know, maybe that have got a higher turnover of staff you know absence problems um performance is, is a big issue at the moment as well i think with a lot of people working from home if you've already got a member of staff that doesn't perform very well it's a little bit difficult to manage so that there's sort of the, the sort of the challenges that our clients are facing at the moment. So if there is anybody that is sort of having some of those challenges right now, we can certainly help. Great. So anybody listening to this that has any of those challenges that, you, that you'd like to speak to Victoria about, Victoria's details will be uh, beneath in this podcast. Hopefully you've taken some value from today. Uh, Vic, is there a, are you doing, a, are you still doing like a free trial of 1HR? Don't want to mention that. Yeah, well, to be honest, for both 1HR and, and HPC at the moment, we have been offering two months free. So if they do sign up to the service, they do get the first two months free. Um, so yeah, that, that's still still available. And at, at the moment, Victoria is offering two months free of, uh, of HPC and also of 1HR and lots of businesses that use 1HR to manage their staff. Um, so please take advantage of that. Get in touch with Victoria if you would like any support uh, on any stuff that we've spoken about. And also, if you, you, you've got any feedback on anything that Victoria shared with us, please share that with us. Let us know any successes that you're having from anything that you have implemented. Um, we always like to hear those success stories in going forward. That's the idea of Sales Union, that we can share a lot of those stories. We can share the successes. We can build on the, um, the, the knowledge that we've all got and hopefully help us all to achieve those dreams and goals that we've got in our lives and also in our business. So thanks a lot for joining us today victoria have you got a busy rest of the week planned yeah yeah it's um it's pretty crazy to be honest at the moment uh which is which is good you know uh, I'm, not, I'm not complaining at all but yeah we're just uh, lots lots of clients needing lots of support at the moment and we've just taken on some more people on the sales team so we're doing some training obviously with our eight step process so yeah 
yeah thanks so much dave for inviting me today i've really enjoyed it great no thanks very much victoria it's been great to have you on um this podcast is edited and produced by emily boardman from va confidential anybody needing any freelance business support or any podcast editing please get in touch with emily again her company details will be below this podcast hopefully you'll subscribe to this listen to our future podcast and we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on a workshop soon thank you very much Bye.